All right, Treya. All earthly things with earth will fade away, but prayer grasps eternity. But I'm convinced of this, God does not hear prayer. He hears desperate prayer. Prayer is not a position, whether you need. Prayer is not a position, it's a disposition. You get to the place where you'd rather sweat, you'd rather weep in his presence than laugh in anybody else's presence. You'd rather God whisper a speaker into your heart that breaks you. And somebody give you the prizes that all the world covets. Prayer is almost the greatest human privilege that we have. Good morning, church family. Uh, last week, we started a new series titled Prayer, Grasping the Heart of of God. And so, um, as you can imagine, uh, we're going to spend uh, the majority of our time on Sundays throughout the summer talking about something that is extremely essential to our spiritual lives. We're going to spend our time talking about prayer. Now, last week we had a good time. We, um, we defined prayer. We answered the question, what is prayer? And in fact, the definition of prayer, we, we went through all, all sorts of things, looked at a lot of different scriptures, but we really settled on one word, uh, the, the way that we would sum up our definition for prayer, and that word was communication, right? You remember that? Communication. Uh, prayer is so important because it's the way in which we talk, it's the way in which we communicate with God. And we discovered, just like many other relationships in our lives, there's no way to be close to God without spending time talking to Him, right? You're not close to people in your life that you never talk to. You're closest to the people that you spend the most time talking to. And it's really for one simple reason it's because there's no relation without communication. And so we talked about the importance of communicating with God, what it looks like to spend time talking with God, and that if we want our relationship with God to grow, if we want it to go deeper, if we want it to be healthy, then we needed to spend time talking with God. Different question, but certainly connected to what is prayer, and that's the question, why is prayer important. All right, Danny, you told us what prayer is. We didn't make an exhaustive list, of course, but we looked at several things that prayer is throughout Scripture, but why is it so important to my life and my relationship with God? Well, as I was thinking about this question, I thought about an iron. How many of you use an iron at your house? Do you know what an iron is? You're looking at me kind of confused right now. Uh, in our modern day, like I, I rarely use an iron anymore. It's like all my shirts are like dry fit polos and they just come out perfectly. Or maybe my wife has something to do with how they come out perfectly. I don't know. They're just magically in my closet and they look good. And so I don't have to worry about it. Not really sure where it comes from. It's like there's an elf in my house that just makes that happen. Um, or like the button ups I have now, they're like wrinkle free. And so I don't have to use um, an iron as much. And to use an iron all the time, every single week. 
week. Might have been uh, for, you know, clothes that I needed to wear to work or clothes that I needed to wear to church. Regardless, I used an iron about every uh, single week. Now, Kayla does a ton of stuff at our house. I'm joking about the elf. The elf at our house has a name. Her name is Kayla. And so she does all sorts of things for our family, uh, whether it's, you know, cooking us meals every day or washing clothes or, to be honest, just magically when I open up my cabinet, there's like new sticks of deodorant in there. It's like I run out and they just appear. It's like there's some kind of back door or something in there from Walmart. I don't know. Um, But I I can't remember last time I even bought a shirt for myself. Like Kayla uh, takes care of a lot of those things um, at our house. But ironing is one of the things that I'm a little particular about. And so I rarely, if ever, would ask her to iron something for me because I was a little picky. And so I always had the same routine. I would grab the iron out. I would put the ironing board out. I would set it up there. I'd put my clothes out. I'd get everything ready, make sure there's water in there for the steam. Like everything is there. And a lot of times when I'm ironing, I will wait for it to get hot while I'm doing other things, right? Those of you who iron, this may be the normal uh, progression for you too. Now, every now and then, when I'm in a hurry, I would do all of those things, but I would forget the most important step. I would forget to plug it into the wall. Anybody else have those kind of moments, right? You're in a hurry and you forget to plug the iron into the wall. Like everything seems good except for the one thing that matters most. The iron had never been plugged in to the power source. Now for you, maybe it's not an iron, but I bet, I bet you've felt the pain of not getting something plugged in like it should be. Maybe for you, it's like washing the clothes. You like put everything in there, got it ready, and you went and did something else, and you came back an hour later and realized you didn't shut like the lid you know, so it never started, or you never, you know, push the button in for the dryer to get going, and it's like, man, I just wasted an entire uh, hour, right? Classic mistake at my house. Or maybe you went to plug up, you know, your your phone, you wanted to get it charged because it was going dead, so you put it on the charger, and then later you come back, and you're like, why isn't it charged? And you look, and it's like, oh, didn't plug the charger into the wall, right? Like, it needs that in order for things to happen. Or maybe it was a coffee pot, or a toaster, or something else that needs power to operate. In other words, listen to me, The iron had no power to make it useful because the iron needs power in order to accomplish its purpose. Now, you probably see where we're headed this morning, right? This is also true when it comes to our relationship with God. We need power in our lives in order to accomplish the purpose that God has for us. We can look great from the outside. Everything can look fine. We can be at church every time the doors open. We can know all the right answers to every question in Sunday school. We can sing, you know, worship loudly. We can have our kids in every camp or every program that's possible. But when it comes to ironing out the wrinkles in this life, we are powerless. We face difficult situations and we don't know how to handle them. When temptation comes our way, we don't know how to overcome it. When something unexpected happens, we fall apart because we have no power in our lives to accomplish what God desires for us because we're not connected to the power source. We're not connected to God in prayer. Now, maybe you're thinking, Danny, why is this so important? Well, it's it's really simple for me. Prayer is our power. 
for life. We mentioned this briefly last week, right? The only way we have power as believers is through prayer, right? You say, Danny, why do we need power? We need power to deal with tough situations, right? We need power to deal, uh, you know, to step out in faith, to share our faith with the world. We need power to resist the devil. We need power to choose what is right over what everyone else is choosing to do. You can fill in the blank with whatever you want, whatever it is that you're lacking, whatever it is you struggle with. And if you want the power to live as God has called you to live, it only comes through prayer. Now, I'm not just going to ramble on about me. You don't just have to take my word for it. The power of prayer is seen all throughout the Bible. And this morning, if you have your Bible, we're going to flip through all sorts of scriptures. We're going to look at a holistic approach to the power of prayer as seen through scripture and what it means for our today. As a matter of fact, I want to give you some, some, some really extravagant moments of prayer. Let me just show you this. The power of prayer can overcome enemies. This is from Psalm chapter 6 verses 9 through 10. Listen to what the psalmist wrote. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. The power of prayer can overcome enemies. The power of prayer can conquer death. Listen to what, listen to this account in 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 33 through 35. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And as he stretched himself upon him, the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again and walked back and forth in the house and went up and stretched himself upon his knees seven times, and the child opened his eyes. The power of prayer can conquer death. The power of prayer can bring healing. That's right healing. Listen to this from James chapter 5 verses 14 through 15. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. The power of prayer can bring healing. The power of prayer can defeat demons. You said, Danny, did you say demons? Yes. Listen to this from Mark chapter 9, verses 27 through 29. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Why could we not get rid of the demon? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer has the power to defeat demons. Now listen, these moments are incredible displays of God's power through prayer. But this morning, I want us to see how the power of prayer is even more important for us today. Whether you need something miraculous or you just need to make it through another day, our power is provided through prayer. As a matter of fact, I want to show you. I got seven ways really quickly. <laughs> seven, that's right. We're just getting started. Seven ways that we can see the power of prayer. Here's number one. Prayer has power in salvation. 
Prayer has power in salvation. Listen, I can think of nothing more important than meeting Jesus. I can think of nothing more important for every person in the world than surrendering their life to Christ. Because of that, we should always pray for those around of the power that prayer has in salvation. In fact, the Bible says prayer is a vital part of salvation. Listen to this from Romans 10.9. If you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, friends, last time I checked, the only way that you could confess with your mouth is to say something, right? The only way that can happen is to talk to God. You can repent, you can believe, you can do everything the Bible says, but if you never confess and ask Jesus to save you, it will never happen. You must ask him. You must talk to him. You must confess in order to be saved. As a matter of fact, Paul goes on in Romans 10, 13 and says, whoever calls, right? There's that talking again. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We need prayer and asking God to forgive us, save us from our sins. We can't get saved apart from talking to God. Now listen, I love how the Apostle Paul discusses the power of prayer and salvation when he wrote these words to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Listen to what Paul wrote. He wrote, first of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. What's Paul talking about? Praying. He's saying, I urge you to pray for all people. He goes on. He says, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Now watch this. He says, this is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. What's good? What's pleasing? That we would pray for all people. That pleases him. That is good to God, which, watch this, there's all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. What does God desire? All people to be saved. So what does he ask us to do? Pray for them. Pray that all people will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. In fact, if you partner these verses with what John writes in 1 John chapter 5, you'll see something incredible. Watch this. This is 1 John 5, 14 through 15. John wrote, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. You say, Danny, why are these so important to go together? Because here's the thing. If we pray according to his will, he hears us. Well, you know what Paul told us in 1 Timothy was his will and his desire? That all people saved. So Danny, you're saying if we pray in God's will, he hears us and his will is to save all people? Yes. So guess what, friends? Prayer has power in salvation. Not just that we call upon the name of the Lord to save us from our sins, but we call upon the name of the Lord to awaken all hearts across the globe. He desires for people to be saved. He asks us to pray for all people that they will come to know him. And he says he hears the prayers that are according to his will. Well, friends, maybe we should realize that prayer has power in salvation. Let me show you a second thing though. Prayer has power to help us in times of trouble. 
This one might hit home a little bit more to people personally right now, right? Prayer has power to help us in times of trouble. As a matter of fact, Paul asked for prayer from believers when he knew he would be facing trouble. Listen to this. This is in Romans 15, 30 through 31. He wrote, I appeal to you, brothers. Once again, urge, beg, ask of you. By our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. What's he asked for? Prayer that he would continue to follow God even in the midst of his trouble. Listen to what Paul asked from the church in Ephesus when it comes to prayer. This is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. Listen to this. He said, and pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Now, if you're familiar with the context of Ephesians chapter 6, before these verses, Paul's talking about the armor of God, killing against Satan himself and standing firm for Jesus so that the world may know his name. And then he says, after all of that, Pray for me that I will continue through the midst of troubles and tribulation and persecution to proclaim the name of Jesus. Listen, friends, one of the best ways to see the power of prayer is through God's provision in our greatest times of need. This is why we pray for one another when we're facing some kind of trouble in our lives. This is why our Sunday school classes have whiteboards in them that are filled with prayers for other people. This is why our prayer lists have people in times of trouble and we pray for them. Here's how Paul put it in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 8 through 11. Listen to this. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction, the trouble we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. They didn't even want to live anymore. They were under such affliction. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us now. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us Again, you also must help us, watch this, help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. How many people are we praying for? How often are we praying for the trouble that's in our lives? Prayer has power to help us in times of trouble. Now, don't misunderstand me. Prayer doesn't prevent trouble, right? It certainly has power in trouble, but it doesn't prevent it. As a matter of fact, I bet there's countless people who could give testimony today of a time in which you called out to God and you begged him. You were in trouble. You had some kind of problem that you knew you couldn't deal with, and you prayed and you prayed, and you say, Danny, God didn't answer it the way I wanted him to answer it. Anybody been there? Sure. But I bet you would continue that testimony with this. Though God did not prevent my trouble, he certainly carried me through it every step of the way. Matter of fact, I bet there's people in here right now that say, you know what, Danny, I know more than anybody in this moment in my life that prayer has power to help in times of trouble because right now I am still seeking God as I deal with whatever issue it is and he is granting me the power to overcome this extreme trouble. Listen, prayer has the power to help us to win any 
battle. Jesus tells us we'll have trouble. This is what he says in John 16, 33. In the world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. However, we can face that trouble when we spend time with the one who holds the world in his hands. I'm glad John 16, 33 didn't end with in the world, you will have tribulation. Here's how it ends. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Hey, shouldn't we spend time with that guy? Shouldn't we spend time relying, dependent, seeking out? Shouldn't we spend time praying to the one who's overcome the world? Listen, friend, prayer has power to help us in times of trouble. Watch this. This is number three. Prayer has power in overcoming temptation. Any of you experienced temptation? Show by hands raised. That was awkward. You know what I was trying to say. I'm glad a few of you agreed with me. The rest of you are lying. That's okay. Prayer has power in overcoming temptation. Temptation. Now listen, Jesus had a lot to say and do when it came to overcoming temptation. In fact, when Jesus was tempted in the Gospels, we typically talk about how he used Scripture to overcome temptation. And listen, friends, that's true. We need every step of our day to live the way God wants. Scripture is important. However, Jesus did something else before he was ever tempted that I think we don't spend enough time talking about. This is in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. I want to read it to you. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. By the way, that's a bad day, all right? And after fasting... 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now you say, Danny, none of that has anything to do with prayer. What are you talking about? Well, when it says that Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, here's what it means. It means that he was spending time away from anything else in order to get alone with God. He, for 40 days and 40 nights, was in constant communication with God. Well, what have we already agreed is communication with God? It's prayer. So before Jesus faced the temptation by the devil, he had spent days in constant prayer. He certainly used scripture to overcome the false words of the devil. However, in my belief, it was his time in prayer prior to that temptation that helped him to truly overcome an extreme battle. As a matter of fact, he tells his disciples this truth later in the Gospels. This is in Luke chapter 22, verse 40. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. He tells them again a couple verses later, Luke twenty-two forty-six. He said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Friends, our lives have a natural inclination to sin. Many of you could say amen to that, right? It's a natural desire pulling us. This is why temptation is so difficult to overcome because we naturally want to do the things that are against what God wants. But prayer and time spent with God, we can overcome even the greatest temptations. I wonder who might be here this morning and say, Dan, you don't understand the battle I'm in. You don't understand the, the wickedness in my heart. You don't understand the demons that chase after me. You don't understand the sin that's lurking around every corner. You don't know my battles. You don't know my temptations. Friend, here's what I tell you. I don't, but I can tell you this. We all have them. I would ask you a question, though, as you continue to struggle in battle. How often do you find yourself on your face desperate for God to do what you cannot do? I love what the Bible tells us. It says that if we will seek God with our whole heart, we will find him. Friend, is that you? 
Are you seeking him that way? Are you that dependent on him to do what you cannot? Listen, prayer has power in overcoming temptation. Let me show you this fourth one. Prayer has power to make us more like Christ, to make us more like Jesus. Listen to how church in Ephesus, this is one of my most favorite prayers. It's in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. Here's what he writes. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, listen to what he prays, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Friends, he's literally praying that they would experience growth in Jesus. He's praying that they would experience the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of him. He is praying that they would have their eyes open, their hearts enlightened. He's praying that they will become more like Jesus. Friends, we need that kind of inside out transformation. I can't make anything better, but Jesus can daily to make me more like himself. Listen, Paul literally prays that they would grow in their relationship with God. He prays that they would understand more about Christ in order to become like Jesus. He does it again to the church in Thessalonica. This is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 through 7. Listen, he's praying. He says, we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake and you became imitators of us and of the Lord for you received the word and much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. Paul's praying for their praising God for what's already happened. This is incredible. Paul praying for two different groups to continue to grow and become more like Christ. We too should pray for this type of transformation. Prayer has the power to mold us into the image of Christ. Prayer has power to make us more like Jesus. Are you asking him? Are you seeking him? Are you begging for that type of transformation? Number five, we're getting there, right? Prayer has the power to reveal God's will and help us to accomplish it. Prayer has power to reveal God's will and help us accomplish it. Jesus prayed to God so that he could choose the right people to be his disciples. You may have overlooked this in your readings of the gospel, but I love this moment. It's in Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 13. It says, in these days he went out to the mountain to pray, getting alone with God. And it says, all night he continued in prayer to God. All night long he prayed. Now watch this. And when day came, he called his disciples. Listen, I don't think there's any coincidence that before he's about to call these 12 guys who would carry on the mission of the church, who would be a part of the reason why we are here right now, this was a huge decision. So what did Jesus do? He spent all night praying and asking God to reveal who these 12 guys would be. Why? Because he was seeking after God's will. Listen, Jesus not only prayed for God's will, but he also prayed to be able to accomplish God's will. By the way, if Jesus needs to pray 
for God's will, and Jesus needs to pray to accomplish it, how much more do you think you and I need to do that, right? But watch this. It's in Luke 22, 41 through 42, very familiar passage of Scripture. It says, and he withdrew from them about a stone. butchered that phrase this morning in the first worship service. It took me a second to figure out how to say that for some reason. He withdrew from them, and he knelt down and prayed. Surprising, right? There's Jesus praying again, saying, watch this. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Do you want to know what God desires for your life? If that's true, then let me give you a suggestion. Pray. Do you want to accomplish God's will even when it's difficult? Well, let me give you a suggestion. Pray. Why? Because prayer has power to reveal God's will and to help us accomplish it. Look at number six. Prayer has power to aid in God's work. I'm not saying we do God's work, only he can do it, but prayer aids in God's work. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 14. He said, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask Jesus to do something that will bring God glory, the scripture says he will do it. He says, ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now this is incredible, right? This is implying that we have a part in accomplishing the very works of God through prayer. As a matter of fact, I've heard this same principle put in the form of questions so many times. You've probably heard it too, like this. What if you would only have today the things that you thanked God in prayer for? You heard that question before? What if all you would have to show for today are the things that you thanked God for in prayer? How many things would you have right now? It's a tough question, isn't it? Or I've heard one church father put it like this before, God doing, but in answer to prayer. If that's the case, then maybe God's not turning the world upside down because his people are praying for it. Maybe he's not changing your family member or the neighbor down the street or your community or your own heart. Maybe it's not happening because you're not asking him. Hey friends, how much time do you spend in prayer? Look at this last one, number seven, prayer has power to change the world. Do you believe that? Prayer has power to change the world. Listen to what God said in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 14 through 15. Classic prayer verses. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal. Now my eyes will be open, my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. Do you believe it, friends? Prayer has power to change the world. If we believe it, then why don't we pray more that God would do what we cannot do? Listen, there are so many other things that we could talk about this morning as we think about the power of prayer. This list isn't all there is. As a matter of fact, if we went through all of them, there'd be much more than seven, and we would be here a whole lot longer than we've been so far. But what it does do is it helps us to begin to wrestle with how powerful our God is and that he allows us to talk to him. 
Listen, I don't know about you, but I want the power of prayer displayed in my life. I want to accomplish the purposes that God has for me, but this will only happen as we spend time praying. Prayer is that important. It's our power source. Listen, without prayer, we're nothing more than a bulb without electricity. We're nothing more than an unplugged iron. Everything may look good on the outside, but there is no power to do what we were made to do. Friends, where is your prayer life? Do you feel like a bulb with no electricity? Do you feel like an iron that's unplugged? Well, can I just tell you something? There's a simple way to get power back into your life, and it's one word, prayer. Listen, I really do think there's, there's only two ways that we need to respond this morning. Listen, however God leads your heart, you do it. But I think there are two. You ready? Here's the first one. I think there are probably people in this room this morning. You've heard about prayer the last couple of weeks. You've heard for who knows how long about Jesus, what he's done for you. I, maybe today there are people in this room that for you, as we talk about prayer, it should do nothing more than convict your heart. Prayer you need to engage in is confessing Jesus as your Lord, right? There may be people in this room who's like, you know what, Danny? I, I've tried this before. I've thought about prayer. I, I, I see what you're saying. All those things are good. Well, here's what I would ask you. Have you ever prayed to give your life to Jesus? Because listen, prayer has power in salvation. You can't be changed by Jesus until you ask. So I wonder who might be here that needs to pray, give their life to Christ. Listen, in just a few moments, I'm going to stand in that lobby. If you need me to help you, I'd love to, but you really don't need me. You just need to spend time right now with Jesus, confessing your sin, telling him you're sorry, asking him to save you and surrendering your life to him. If that's you, you do that. While we respond, you give your life to Jesus, amen. And then come let me know about it because I'd like to know. But if you need me, I'll be back there. But here's what I'll bet, probably more so than that prayer, there's probably a lot of people who've been in here who are here that's been a Christian for a long time. And I wonder if you might be here this morning and you say, Danny, I feel exactly like what you're talking about. I feel like an iron, though it may look good on the outside, an iron that's never been plugged into the wall. I am living without power. Well, can I just tell you something, friends? It's so easy to fix. You ready? Here's how easy it is. Why not, instead of just talking about prayer, why don't we spend some time doing it right now? You say, Danny, I want power. I want to be plugged in. I want the power source in my life. Friends, it's easy. Just get connected with God. Spend some time right now, this week, every day in prayer to the one who matters most. Listen, we're dependent on him for everything. But do we talk to him? Do we live that way? Maybe right now is an opportunity for you to spend some time in prayer. Listen, I'm gonna be in that lobby. You need to talk with me. You need to pray with me. You need help with anything. You come find me as we respond to Jesus this course. Father, we love you. Thank you. Jesus, you're awesome.